podcast where we try to rank every horror movie ever. I'm Quincy, and I'm joined this week by uh, super special guest Kyle. Hello. Kyle, have you been since the last time you've been on the show? Oh, man, I've been okay, I guess. One st- I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, one standard unit of fine. One standard unit of fine. We are recording in a lovely undisclosed location, the uh, game dungeon of my new home. You showed me a film recently called The Visitor in the Eye. Yes, I did. Let's talk about this buck-fucking-wild movie. Well, Quincy, did you know there's an eye bank? Apparently, there is a bank where you can just go get abnormal eyeballs. As if this movie knew that Mel Brooks was going to do the... Oh, no. Did Mel Brooks steal the the brain bank from Visitor in the Eye? Maybe. Visitor in the Eye came out in 77. What year? What year did Young Frankenstein? Siri, what year did Young Frankenstein come out? 1974. Oh, never mind. Okay, so other way around. The Visitor in the Eye was like... Uh, so Visitor in the Eye is by directed by Nobuhiku Obayashi, uh, who you may know as the director of Su, the most bananas movie ever. Literally Tur- bananas. Turns out he's just a weird director. Every movie he makes is fucking insane. So, the plot of The Visitor in the Eye is Blackjack, the, the comic book character? The unlicensed surgeon from Osama Tezuka's long-running manga series and various television programs. Um, <laughs> who, I don't remember why he lost his medical license. Yeah, he, he lives on a hill, on a mountain, on a cliff, with a 9-year-old that's actually a 19-year-old. Yeah, that is the that is the worst part of this movie. And is does illegal surgeries for money, but also for love. Yeah, so like <laughs> this guy Blackjack, uh, and the, I think what's especially insane is this movie requires an audience to have a twenty year knowledge of this comic book without mentioning it at all in the movie. Just this guy shows up with a Frankenstein stitched together face and you're just supposed to know that that's this character, Blackjack, from this comic book. His name isn't even on the poster. Oh, I take it back. His name is on the poster. (laughs) But, like, the name of the movie is The Visitor in the Eye, not even Blackjack in The Visitor in the Eye. Yeah, well, I mean, Blackjack in Japan at the time was like if you made a movie about Spider-Man in 1977. He was not unknown to the audience. Yeah, it's just now when going back. It's like, like, what is this? It is a trip. Uh, So this girl is a tennis player, and she gets hit in the eye with a tennis ball, and it detaches her retina. Mm -hmm. So it ends her tennis career, and her coach feels guilty and steals an eyeball from a... From an eye bank. From an eye bank. Run just, by some 1960s gangster stereotypes. Yes, who literally are obsessed with Humphrey Bogart and <laughs> watch Humphrey Bogart movies all the time. And then uh, the coach steals this eye and gets this uh, back alley surgeon, except a cliffside surgeon, to replace the eye... Then she's like, oh great, I have another eye. I can live my life fully again. Except, wait for it, she starts seeing a ghost. (laughs) 
with some really jazzy piano music accompanying said ghost. Yeah, jazzy piano ghost. Uh, so it turns out he's not a jazzy piano ghost. He's a guy who for some reason is walking around Japan wearing a cape and white gloves all the time. Mm-hmm. And turns out the eyeball that this woman gets transplanted into her head is from this from the woman that the piano playing ghost but not a ghost murdered the day before the surgery right because she broke up with him because she broke someone, up married with a him. samurai that yeah. was also a lawyer yeah so so he revenge strangled her and then okay so Kyle you you're happily married mm-hmm. and and you love your wife dearly would you be able to pick out a single eyeball of your wife's if it was in someone else's head? She's going to listen to this podcast, so I'm going to say yes. Quincy. See, would okay. Would you be able to recognize your wife's retina? My wife doesn't eyeball? listen to this podcast, so absolutely not. Nobody has an eyeball that looks unique enough that... If it matches the other person's eye, I'm like, you know what? That left eyeball is very familiar. Right one, not so much. But the left one... That one looks like my ex's eye. That one looks like my ex's eye. (laughs) So I'm going to murder you now because you remind me of my ex. Which is the plot of this movie. Having a sepia-toned psychotic break and talking to my dead girlfriend's ghost. Yeah, and also, (laughs) Blackjack doesn't do anything. It's all this dude... Blackjack does the surgery, says to this guy, well, if you stole an eye from a sketchy place, that's not my problem. You need to fix this. <laughs> so the dude who steals the eyeball has to solve the mystery of this movie and then, like, rescue this girl uh, with the police. And, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's thing. A, well, it is, you know, Blackjack can only save a patient. That's as true. As he says multiple times. <laughs> Which is some kind of... That's that's not how the Hippocratic Oath works, Blackjack. Well, maybe that's why he's an unlicensed surgeon. He, yeah. He does small amounts of harm. <laughs> Just ever so small. So, I'm looking at our list, and... Do you want to go straight for the jugular? Well, I was going to say, is it better than House? I was about to ask that. Is it better or worse than his than the other film the same gentleman directed in the same year? Absolutely not. Even though the uh, Visitor in the Eye has a coherent plot and House doesn't. Less weird schoolgirl stuff in Visitor of the Eye, but weirder when it's there. So here's the thing. There's also weird schoolgirl stuff in this because it takes place at a Catholic boarding school in Japan. What's a Catholic boarding college in Japan? Okay, so still, there's a (laughs) lot of schoolgirls. And there's also, like, panty shots. And Mm -hmm. also... Let's talk about the nine-year-old who's actually a 19-year-old because in another, in in a comic book, not even the movie, so extra textual, in a comic book, a woman's brain is transplanted into a synthetic body that looks to be nine. It's a little more in-depth than that if you want me to go into it. Oh, please, please. The origin of Pinocchio, like Pinocchio. Okay, so... A woman has a giant person-sized tumor growing out of her abdomen. And every time someone tries to take it out, they get attacked by Jean Grey-ass tele- telekinesis shit. 
So Blackjack talks to the tumor and finds out it's her twin, her conjoined tumor twin. It has a full person with organs inside the tumor. So it takes all the organs out of the tumor and puts them in the doll body that the tumor person then animates telekinetically. And that's the nine-year-old Pinocchio, who is actually 20 years old or whatever, because that's how old her sister was when she had the tumor removed. Yeah. So anyway, they're in a consensual relationship, uh, Blackjack and Pinocchio. And in the movie, everyone's like, hey, you can't fuck a nine-year-old. And everyone's like, it's played up for comedy, as in like, oh, they're smooching. That's totally, yeah, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> and and it's, it's not a big deal. It should be a very big deal. It's and not. It's, the weirdest thing Tezuka ever wrote. That's true. It's not. I've seen his secret porn stash. So let's not go there. I'm looking down at other upsetting media, and I'm looking at Return to Oz. Yeah. And I can't tell if this movie is actually better or worse than Feruza Bach in Return to Oz. Return to Oz. Was Return to Oz trying to give a generation nightmares, or was it incidental? You know, I'm of the belief that it was trying to be as upsetting as possible, because I don't see how you could have made that movie and not known. So I think I'll give it the edge. Now, I will say that this movie is better than... Well, I'm going to say it. It's better than The Ring. Yeah. Uh, and I would say it's better than Creep 2. Okay. So I think it would actually go at number... Um, it's the new 118. Right. The I'm new number 118 is The Visitor in the Eye from 1977. So speaking of weirdest shit videos, let's talk about Captain EO. Oh, God, Captain EO. So, Kyle, tell our listeners what Captain EO is is for people born in the 1990s. Captain EO might still be happening. I'm not sure. I haven't been to Epcot in a long time, but it is, or at least was, a three-dimensional, a three-triple-D film, as yeah. they say, <laughs> in the promotional material, uh, that ran at Epcot Center since at least the 1980s, starring Michael Jackson as a spaceship captain with a crew of Muppet-esque Henson rejects, like Star Wars Cantina rejects. Yeah, yeah. That have to dance Angelica Houston, who is a giant spider Borg lady, and turn her into Angelica Houston again. So, it's an act of war. Definitely. So, so this ragtag group has to bring a package to the Spider Queen, and that package is dance, which in effect kills her and transforms her back to a human. Uh, and she acts completely different, so I'd say it's like an assassination attempt. <laughs> now, here's my other question. This is the, like, C-string. Like, the in the movie, the commander says, you're the bad team. Yeah, you're the worst. So, Stop messing up. So what 80s singer is on the A Prince. Team? Prince? Prince is Obviously A. Obviously Prince. Then who is B? John Cougar Mellencamp. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> that you just have answers to this. So it's... I've thought it's... about this for years. <laughs> so I have to say, like, even though the puppets are... Literally, the writing credits to this film are 
Disney Imagineers. Yeah. So um, it's like weaponized cuteness. Yeah, it's the guys that work at the park, not the guys that work on the Disney movies. So these are extremely merchandised. This is like some figment level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, figment also rules. But, and, and also is from Epcot. Hey. Yeah. Uh, but the little bird furry dude that rides on Captain EO, Michael Jackson's shoulder. Yeah, it looks is like a like, wuzzle. Yeah, it's amazing, and mm -hmm. I want him to be my friend and to, like, come chill with me. I've never seen official Kevin EO merch that wasn't just a t-shirt or a poster. I don't know if they sold a stuffed one of those. They I, had to have. They had to have either but sold it, it. Or, or tested it, and it must have, like, not worked well enough. Because, I mean, it's, it's designed in a way that you can tell it's very toyetic. They mm -hmm. were trying, but I'm sure, you know... Maybe maybe it tested poorly with children. I mean, Hooter is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> Hooter is like if Max Rebo was R2-D2 but communi communicated via farting. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. And here's the thing I don't understand. So Hooter is the comic relief, obviously. But he's also supposed to be a crew member of this battleship. And he almost gets them killed multiple mm -hmm. times because he's farting. He fart, He hides when shit goes down in his bed. He eats the MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he fuck Hooter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This movie is... Oh, it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola. You I know, forgot to mention that. From movies. You know, from movies. <laughs> Written by George Lucas, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Michael Jackson... 17 minutes of I don't know what just happened. It, it's kind of perfect, though. It's, it's, it's a really good encapsulation of pure 1986 energy. Yeah, like the energy that comes on Michael Jackson's fingertips to turn the walls into fly girls. Yes, yes. The walls turn into dancers <laughs> and everything is happy and I nothing hurts. I think the implication is that the palace is made out of people. Yeah, yeah. The like idea Galaxy is... Express style where they turn people into into cogs and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then they um they have them all dance and stuff. Dude, melt into the wall. That was bad. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, would you want to be turned in... Would you rather be a Borg wall or a guy with a flat top, Kyle? That's a shockingly difficult question, because the Borg wall is connected to Giant Spider Angelica Houston. Yes. And, you know, I'm not going to peel by the curtain too far. <laughs> I did see this movie at an impressionable age. Yeah, so... Is it established if, if you're part of the wall, you can come out? Like, is it a, when your time is right, you know, deploy the boy, you pop out of the wall? I, or are you only a wall? I don't know. Because the things that come out of the walls just stay as things that come out of the walls, right? I think... Like, the robots just stay, just turn shiny. That's right. But, you... like, the drill bit wielding trash mules just turned into fly girls and... Breakdancers. Yeah, so... What did we watch? <laughs> it, it was a thing. It was certainly a thing. I see. But it's very good. And for what it is, for a short film that runs at Epcot Center in 3D in 1986... 
You know, here's the thing, though. It's better than a lot of stuff on this list. Okay. Like, um, well, like Black Christmas, I'd say. Well, I mean, a lot of things are better than Black Christmas. Well, that's true. But, like... Okay, find a short. Okay, so I'm looking at Night of the Slasher from 2015. Okay. And for the sheer production value in Francis Ford Coppola, it goes above that. I mean, the the other prestige short mm-hmm. film we have on here is Zygote, because mm-hmm. that's Neil Blomkamp, and it's got a better like sense of purpose mm-hmm. and construction to that. I, I'm going to... Okay. Let me know what you think of this. Okay. It is better than the remake of Friday the 13th. I intentionally did not watch the remake of Friday the 13th, so I will assume you are correct. What about Your Date Is Here? That's another short film, correct? Yeah, Your Date Is Here is perfect, so Captain EO can't be as good as Your Date Is Here, but I feel comfortable saying it goes right under that at number 182. Okay, you're here. Michael Jackson, not as good as board games. Better than Kane Hodder. (laughs) Better than Kane Hodder. Sorry, Kane. Uh, We love you. So, let's get into some listener requests this week. So, at... Uh, Puny Humans on Tumblr wants us to rank Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. Kyle, have you seen this movie recently? Not recently. I did see it on a VHS copy of a Laserdisc back in 1998, which I believe I have transferred to my electronic device for your pleasure at some point. That's excellent. So, I watched The Story of Ricky today, and it is weirdly prescient for 2018 because it's about it's a criticism of mass incarceration Mm -hmm. and the spoiler alert the end of the movie is he punches the prison wall open and everyone runs out (laughs) but like got that star fist yeah it's that it's that um it's a it's based off of a fighting manga so like all fighting comic books it is a guy fights a guy Mm -hmm. And then he fights the next guy, and then he fights the next guy, and moves up until he fights the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. And it is the most goopy, yeah. violent live-action movie I think I've ever seen. Dude gets a hole punched through him, right? Yes, a guy gets a hole punched through him. A guy gets a hole punched through the bottom of his jaw, out his mouth. A, another guy is um, cut across the face, and the bottom of his face just falls off. Um, <laughs> Ricky gets his arm cut and is bleeding to death because the guy slices his main vein. So, like shoelaces, he ties his artery back together mm-hmm. to staunch the bleeding. Also, um, the warden is thrown into a meat grinder... And there's more blood than that part of Dead Alive with the lawnmower. <laughs> it is, it is stunning. So I think I would put Ricky O. Pretty high on the list. I don't think I could put it past the Beyond, which is which is what I would say is like the gold standard gore film, mm-hmm. uh, Lucio Fulci. But I think it would go somewhere around there. I you know, I think Zyrum is better too from for from an effects perspective. Well, yeah. Uh 
because of the the design. But these Boom effects spider. are very good. Um, there's a nail that pops a guy's eyeball out, mm-hmm. and it looks like you know a thing. Uh, yeah, it's very good. So it's definitely better than Guyver Dark Hero. Mm-hmm. Which is just an effects demo reel, really, yeah, at yeah. His heart, mm-hmm. and it's better than Shin Common Rider, but not by much. I would say, if I'm looking at our list, it would go. It's it's certainly better than the Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as good as Upgrade. Okay, and that's one I have not seen. That's um. That just came out, right? Cyborg. Right, that's the, yeah. the Cyborg one. Now, you have seen Castlevania. Yes, Castlevania's great. Yeah, so... It, it... does just end, unfortunately, <laughs> because that's where Warren Ellis' 90-minute script runs out. Yeah. By the way, true. that has a 90-minute script. Season 1 does. That's good. All that's of it. Good to know. <laughs> um, so I think it's safe to put Ricky O, the story of Ricky, at number 152. Our next listener request comes from the Everything is Awesome podcast, and they want us to talk about 1986's The Fly. Kyle, how do you feel about maggot abortions? That's the only thing I remember from that film. Well, it's the first thing I remember from that that film. There's still something in there. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Now, you know, most most people would chew these donuts with their teeth, but Brundlefly doesn't have teeth. Yeah, man... (laughs) That movie is very good, but it very is a slimy. tough watch. Now, here's the thing that's going to make listeners scream at this podcast. I don't think The Fly is better than Hellraiser 2. Hellraiser 2 is very sexy. I mean, The Fly has Jeff Goldblum, but it's not sexy Jeff Goldblum. Right, it is certainly not sexy Jeff Hellraiser Goldblum. Hellraiser 2 is very hot. So, so okay, what is your favorite part of Hellraiser 2? I mean, every single scene in that film is perfect. That's the one where the ladies have skin on, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so your thing is no skin ladies? <laughs> my thing is a lot of things, Clint. I'm a complicated man, and nobody understands me but my beautiful and eternally patient wife... <laughs> Who has all of her skin the last time I checked. Well, you know. So, <laughs> with that, I think that is like a... That's a solid case to, to put... I mean, that does pain me because I would put the fly over Carnosaur. But I'm also a reasonable human being. Okay, what is the fly a metaphor for? Well, it's a metaphor for flies. What is Carnosaur a metaphor for? The disenfranchisement of the working man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Carnosaur is better. And also HIV somehow. I mean, that's kind of... It's also about fluoride in the water and FEMA camps. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's a libertarian nightmare. So it's still better than, than uh, Low Life, which, oh, Low Life is on Hulu now. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, you should. Um, please don't get up and leave because we have to finish this episode. But it's definitely <laughs> too late. I'm and already please, gone. Please, please don't stop the podcast. Please listen, uh, people at home. Um, <laughs> I am starting the PlayStation right now. The projector's <laughs> already on. 
Uh, it is it is a very good movie. So the fly goes right above Ryan Prowse's Low Life at number one twenty eight. That is the nineteen eighty six Cronenberg fly. I'm sorry, everyone. I also love Cronenberg. I promise. So uh, I just like everything is awesome. More. Also wants us to rank the nineteen ninety it. They want us to rank it, starring um, Tim Curry. This movie's good. It's a miniseries, right? It is a miniseries. It is a two-night television two-night, event. Remember two-night television events? Not vividly. I know they're a thing, and that's one of those things that I, I'm not super sentimental about because they scare me. Here's the thing about It. A film I have not seen again since I was probably nine. So my impression of It is utterly terrified because I can only look at it with a nine-year-old's brain. Yeah, well, it's... it's The bug is very good. But the other thing about it is its legacy. That's too many it's... Too many, uh, too many pronouns in that sentence. Right. Um, not just, like, the the horror it caused a generation ago they're waiting on tune to watch it. Not just the remake that came out not so long ago. But... It made Stephen King two-night television events a thing. Yeah, we yeah. We had Langoliers. Right. We had Tommyknockers, which is Why awful. was Langoliers a thing, even? They, were, they remade fucking um, The Shining as a two-night television event they when did. I was in high school. And I, I can trace that back to it. I'm positive. Yeah, there's The guy no from Wings reason. was in it. it. It was the guy from Wings. And he had a, a, a croquet mallet like in the instead book. of an axe. The book's a croquet mallet. Oh, okay. Kubrick made an axe. It was scarier. Yeah, an axe is scarier. Kubrick, you you done good, kid. You made... Hot take. Uh, Stanley Kubrick was right. That's our first... um, No, that's not... That's our most controversial opinion of the night. Not (laughs) that the fly is worse than Carnosaur. It's that Stanley Kubrick was a good director. (laughs) Stanley Um, Kubrick certainly made some films. That's a t-shirt for you. He is a man that made movies. So the remake of it is 132. I feel like it's safe to put the original way above the remake. Well, yeah, Tim Curry always wins. Yeah, Tim Curry always wins, and he's just got that that grizzliness to him. Have you put Legend on your list yet? Not yet. That's going to go up somewhere high too, because Tim Curry yeah always Tim wins. Curry. Now. How do you feel about it, a weird bug that makes people think it looks like a clown, versus Event Horizon, tear a hole in space, and actual Christian hell comes out? I mean, you have seen the garage full of Warhammer 40,000 miniatures I have, right? Yes. Event Horizon means something to me. Yeah, Event Horizon is the best Warhammer 40k movie I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a great movie. <laughs> it's just the best that they've done after finding the serial numbers off of this British board game. That's true. That's true. I would honestly think it might be better than Event Horizon. Oh, I think it definitely is because it's definitely better than Cat in the Brain yeah. and Don't Torture a Duckling. It's probably better than Deep Blue Sea, even though Samuel Jackson does get eaten by that shark. Yeah, yeah. It's All I know about that movie. <laughs> better than that. So, it pains me to say it, because no one in it drinks Dracula blood and turns into a Dracula, but mm-hmm. I think it's better than Taste of Blood of Dracula too. Well, yeah, Taste of Blood of Dracula is not the best Hammer Dracula though. 
That's true. It's, it's one of those lesser hammer Draculas. Yeah, because <laughs> they're drinking Dracula blood. It's certainly better than other Stephen King uh, property, Children of the Corn. Okay. Because it doesn't have... Um, I mean, Linda Hamilton is really the only thing that that movie's got going for him. Um, now, where I think it stops is Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Pet Cemetery is a better Stephen King film. It's got Tasha Yar in it. Yeah. And she left Star Trek to do that movie. Really? Among other reasons. <laughs> it's also got Fred Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. Dang all Herman Munster himself. I love him. I, you know, right here we had Scream 2, mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery, and The Sacrament. I think it feels right to put these two Stephen King movies together. Mm-hmm. So right under Pet Cemetery is 1990s It miniseries. That seems fair. Our next request comes from our Tumblr, and if you want to request a movie, you can go on the Ask box on Tumblr and um, tell us what movie you want. So Anonymous wants us to review WCW Halloween Havoc 1991, featuring the Chamber of Horrors and the WCW Halloween Phantom. Kyle, what are what do you think of this uh, particular Halloween Havoc? I believe this is the first, if memory serves. This certainly was a World Championship Wrestling pay-per-view from 1991 that we just watched. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is woefully unspooky compared yeah. to other Halloween Havocs, even. Bobby Eaton does have a pumpkin that he's going to go celebrate with. He does say. Get away from me. I'm going to go celebrate. And he's holding a pumpkin. But, like, that's it. And also, the the Halloween um, phantom, which is... The literal phantom of the opera in a lucha mask. Right. Lucha phantom of the opera, which is, uh, spoiler alert... Ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude. Which is... That's very good. That's very frightening. But, um... But none of the wrestling is spooky wrestling. The electric chair match. Well, you're right. The first match is the is the famous Abdullah the Butcher in the electric chair match. It does kind of blow itself out pretty quick. Yeah, those dudes get gassed and like worn the fuck out immediately because they're all big hosses. And also, the electric chair is so large, it takes up the entire ring. It fills at least two-thirds of that ring. They are fighting on, like, a runway of canvas around this giant cage with a giant fake electric chair in it, while 1991 Mick Foley, who is not in cage climbing shape at this point, tries to climb to the top of the cage to grab a giant Frankenstein switch to pull. Abdullah the Butcher at one point climbs the cage and just takes a nap on the side of the cage. And and El Gigante is just standing there you can see him whispering um i don't know what to do just just do this um the scott hall is there and very big yeah he's he's a he is an absolute unit in this um the most impressive part of the whole pay-per-view pay-per-view i think is um sting throws a casket lid onto cactus jack and the bonk of the solid you know, two-inch wooden lid bonking and giving Mick, Mick Foley a, a real another concussion. concussion. He is, is not there. Yeah, he he is 
done for. Also, a luchador appears for some reason. Yeah, there's a there's... luchador in a coffin that pops out about 30 seconds into this thing that I think was scheduled for later in the match, but he got confused. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> they just chain him to the wall and leave him there. Yeah. Now, one of the high points of this whole pay-per-view is Eric Bischoff in a bargain bin Dracula costume. And Missy Hyatt as a magician's assistant, I guess? I guess. Trying to figure out who the Halloween Phantom is. But even that is is just like... It's, it's two promos. Yeah, it's two promos. And it's not even like pay-per-view level promos. No, it's, it's like... It's some Saturday Night's Main Event level promos. Yeah. Now, I will say the Halloween Havoc logo is the most perfect wrestling logo to ever exist. The fact that there has not been an annual Halloween Havoc since 2002, when WWF bought the company, is criminal. Yeah, I don't understand that. Especially because I, I believe WWF has released Halloween Havoc shirts. They know we want it, <laughs> but they're just torturing us. And it, it doesn't make sense. There's also a lot of just jobbers being beaten by other people that were popular in 1991 mm-hmm. uh, in WCW. Uh, Van Hammer. Van Hammer. Heavy Van metal Hammer. Van Hammer. So Van Hammer apparently is my new favorite wrestler because <laughs> he comes out to jackhammers breaking up concrete. Because, because that's heavy a metal. Because heavy metal. He's from New York. Heavy metal. It's the Rock of Ages. So they're beating up a rock with a jackhammer. Yeah, and and I love that you pointed out he doesn't throw the devil horns because they're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it's the Bible Belt. It's the hang loose. <laughs> he throws the hang loose, the the Samoa Joe hang loose and and keep it cool. Um, yeah, it's very good. It's you not. Know, it, you're right. It's it's not. I'm sorry. It's, it's WrestleCrap.com yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is woefully boring, but <laughs> not as bad as some of the stuff on this list. So, like, there aren't any coffin matches. There's so, a match with some coffins adjacent to it. Yeah. And some creepy orderlies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, like, the ghouls... They literally, JR calls them ghouls, show up with a stretcher to carry off the loser of the Chamber of Horrors match. And then it is revealed when Abdullah the Butcher beats them all up that they're just covered in baby powder. They're not even wearing grease paint. They're not even wearing grease paint. They're just the local help covered in baby powder. And they just foof like uh, cream puffs and, and like just beating up some powdered donuts. Yeah, just... yeah. Just Oof. like a sack of Hostess Donuts, just clouds of, of baby powder. So, it doesn't have the Undertaker bearing anyone in a coffin. It doesn't have Mean Mark anywhere in the whole pay-per-view. It does have Stunning Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. It does have a, a Midwestern boy putting a black guy in an electric chair who is then wrongfully electrocuted. Yeah, that doesn't... That, that plays a little differently yeah. in 2018, yeah. I think, than it did in 1991. So, I ruined everything, Quincy. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's not <laughs> good. It's just a thing. So, I have to say that even with that uncomfortable imagery, it's better than Deathbed, the bed that eats. Is it, though? 
from an artistic standpoint. Well, you're right. The <laughs> Deathbed has a clarity of purpose that WCW. There's a vision to Deathbed. There's a, there's a an art not auteur, but there's a there's a definite thing it's going for. Yeah, Halloween Havoc '91. You can see what they're trying to do, and it's just woefully inept. It's just Halloween Havoc because it happens to be on that weekend. Yeah, it is because it's October 27th. Also, apparently the World Series was that same weekend Mm -hmm. because they keep saying, I swear it's a record crowd, but also like you can see people getting up and leaving in their Braves jerseys, (laughs) like going to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what's better, Halloween Havoc 91 or the movie that was made to catch the Zodiac Killer? I was looking at that same spot. I haven't seen the movie that was made to catch the Zodiac Killer, but the concept movie that was made to catch the Zodiac Killer appeals to me on a fundamental level. Yeah, and and truth be told, if you have the network and you're bored... Go check out Halloween Havoc 91. But frankly, there's other better Halloween Havocs mm-hmm. to watch. Like the one where they straight up murder the big show. Yeah. Or or the one where Eddie Guerrero fights Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio's in a Halloween costume. <laughs> God bless you, Rey Mysterio. And, and they're Rey like, Mysterio Rey, Jr. there's a thing called copyright. You can't just dress as the Phantom. He's like public domain and and does a hurricane rana. <laughs> Ravishing Ripper did it first. That's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I would say. Uh, okay, two headed shark attack is wrestling adjacent. That's yeah, got it's Hogan got in it, right? Brooke Hogan in it. <sighs> I gotta say, Ravishing Rick Rude's acting is better than Brooke Hogan's. Also, Pauly Dangerously is in this Halloween Havoc. Yeah. In full Pauly Dangerously mode. Oh, it's very good. Just caressing that cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just being a, a diabolical villain. I have to say, so Mario Bava's The Evil Eye is definitely not Bava's best, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see like a thesis for later Jalo films. Mm-hmm. Halloween Havoc 91 is not the best, but you see a thesis for later Halloween Havocs. Yes. They're establishing a pattern. They're establishing a pattern. They're also establishing ECW in this. Yes. Because Weirdly. it is, Polly Dangerously, you're too dangerous for yeah. WCW. You gotta go. And he's like, I'll make you all regret the day you ever fired me. Um... So I guess it comes down to what's better, a Jalo movie or Halloween Havoc. Well, you know what I'm going to say. I love wrestling. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> that we have to be true to our garbage our personalities, garbage personalities <laughs> and say that Halloween Havoc uh, goes above. So number 256 is WCW Halloween Havoc 1991. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a... Um, movie or uh, I guess a wrestling pay-per-view that is Halloween adjacent on our list, you can just go to our Tumblr, which is rankandvile.tumblr.com and put that in our ask box. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out at rankandvilecast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter uh, at 
RankinVileCast. We're on Instagram at RankinVile. Uh, like I said, we're on Tumblr at RankinVile. We have a YouTube page where we have a um, playlist of all of the rap tie-in songs from horror movies that we're aware of. Uh, so if you want to watch that playlist, it is very good. Um, we have a letterbox page. Um, and we want to hear from you, so uh, shout us out. Hey, if you are, um, if you got the time, uh, tell a friend about the show. I mean, everyone says rank and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. That's that's helpful too. That gets our eyes in front of more people. But surprisingly, word of mouth works even better. So. If you know someone that is a ghoul in the right kind of way, it's the spooky season. So let someone else know. Um, Kyle, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, the best place to find me online is going to be on Instagram. It's at uh, nonplayable. You can see pictures of my enormously fat cats, um, things I'm about to eat, games I have collected. You can also follow me on twitch.tv slash nonplayable, where occasionally I stream game mastering Quincy here in various old game, old tabletop games. Last time, everybody died. Next time, shit gets weird. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, you can see me being very frustrated at how... Um, turns out, the reason why role-playing games go out of print is when they're unplayable. Uh, but that doesn't stop Kyle. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2020 <laughs> is technically playable. It, it's technically playable. Lawnmower just... Man is... Technically, a game that was written by JPL engineers. <laughs> and right here, I've got GURPS for Vampire the Masquerade. So, so stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, check out Twitch. Uh, it's more than just video games, y'all. Uh, so, on that note, um, stay spooky, y'all. All right. Good night, everybody.